Alright, it's gonna be an interesting night tonight because I got one, two, three teenagers here. And uh, that always makes it very fun and very challenging for me because just like that, I got within a second, Caden moves his chair, two microphones fell over. This is how we do it when, when I'm trying to manage three teenagers sitting at one table. But we're looking forward to it. We're going to talk about LeBron hitting 40,000 points last night. We're going to go through a list of our top NBA players. I'm going to go through my top five. And then we're going to do some news from the NFL Combine. So without further ado, it's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right, we're going to lead it off tonight with some LeBron James talk. I mean, at at this stage in LeBron's career, he's in his 21st season. He basically breaks a record every night, right? Because he's the scoring king. So as he keeps scoring, he keeps adding to it. The 40,000's got a special piece to it because obviously he's the scoring king because nobody's ever done it. But it's the... The longevity of LeBron is just starting to look more and more special, being that he's 39. Next season, he's going to be 40 years old. You don't really see a slowdown in his game. I mean, I've been looking at his basketball reference page. I recommend a lot of people check this thing out because I mentioned to somebody, I said, hey, did you see LeBron hit 40,000 last night? And they said, oh, yeah, he's a compiler. I said, look at his numbers and say he's a compiler. His game is still steady consistent right now 25 and a half a game seven rebounds seven assists for his career 27 a game seven and a half rebounds seven and a half assists the amount the consistency is just unreal if I'm reeling off his points after going uh, just under 21 his rookie year 27 27.2 31.4 27.3 30 28.4 29.7 26.7 I mean it just it just goes and it ranges basically his low was 25.3, or I'm sorry, outside of his rookie year, the 20.9. Then it was 25.3, which was when he just came back to Cleveland. Um, So he had Kyrie there, another guy that was scoring quite a few points a game. And even in Miami, he was 25 to 20, 27, 28 a game. So the consistency and the level that he's playing at, if you take other guys that were in the league a long time, if you took a guy like Kobe Bryant or somebody like that, look towards the, I mean, there is a cliff that they fell off at 37, 38, just can no longer compete at this level. And if you're watching James, he's not a top five guy anymore, mm-hmm. but LeBron James is still a top 10 player in the league right now. Yeah. And he still looks top five in spurts. He just can't do it anymore. He can't, he can't guard the other team's best player for extended periods of time. He can't, you know, he can't be an offensive producer the whole game. He's actually averaging more points in the fourth quarter than he averages in any other quarter. He's kind of leaving an extra gear for later in the game, and that's what happens to you. Right now he's at that about 35 minutes a game. That's still a lot of minutes. Yeah. I mean, being younger guys and having not seen LeBron your whole lives, meaning that LeBron's been playing for 21 seasons and you guys are 14 years old, like what's your take on LeBron James? I, I mean, always growing up, you know, when I was like – like able to understand what was happening on TV. I seen LeBron when I think it was the best era of his entire basketball career. Miami Braun, he was just so electric. Like him and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, really just uh, on fire trio. You always see the alley oops from Dwayne Wade and just how explosive he was throwing it down, which was like, which contributed to like the teamwork. A lot of the reason on how they were able to win the, the championship and like. Because now you don't see LeBron like as explosive because you know he's obviously getting older, but you he still you can obviously tell he still got it. You don't see a lot of the dudes aging 
with the same longevity as LeBron. When you think of like a really like player, like a really old player that stayed for a long time, you think of somebody like Vince Carter. You didn't see him like doing his classic like honey dip dunks or whatever. Three <laughs> right. sixties. Yeah. Once he got to twenty seasons, Vince Carter was you know seven or eight points a game. Once he got yeah. to that twenty season mark, and that's what you see. And you're actually right about Bron. I mean, Bron's like physical prime would have probably been about age twenty four till about age 32 in that time frame mvp4 mvp1 mvp1 these are like you know mvp3 mvp1 mvp1 mvp2 i mean these are like his rankings during an eight-year span but when you see guys physical prime right like like lebron's iq prime is, is still right now like he's the smartest player in the game and you can see it just the way he manages his minutes his time his game his IQ is higher than it's ever been, but his actual physical prime go from those last couple of years in Cleveland to through Miami to those first couple of years after that in Cleveland, where you were seeing him doing it on both ends of the floor and you were seeing him as a top 10 defender. I mean, he got robbed of a defensive player of the year award um, from, I think it was Marc Gasol won a defensive player of the year one year where it was like LeBron was clearly that year. He was defensive player. Uh, he was voted second defensive player of the year twice in that same time frame. So, and if you go through his defensive player of the years, he was top five in those like eight or nine years of his physical prime. He was top five like four or five times. That's kind of how you find guys' true physical primes. You saw with Jordan too. They had a run in their careers where obviously they were great players their whole career, but they had a run where they were like top defenders too, which means that they were doing it on both sides of the ball. And you can't do it on both sides of the ball when you're 35. And you a lot of times can't do it when you're 20 because you don't at that point when you're 20 years old you don't have the the knowledge to be able to defend the way that you learn how to be a premier defender in your mid-20s so I mean but just his consistency I mean you you brought it up before the show Edwin 40 now he's over 40,000 points by the end of the season he might be over 11,000 assists he's already over 11,000 rebounds it's I think you called it the career triple double, yeah. and it's a pretty amazing triple double. In that, you guys may not know that that assist number he's got is I believe he he's definitely top five. I think he's third all time, third or fourth all time. I think it goes Stockton, Kidd, uh, Chris Paul, and then LeBron. So he's top five. It's hard to get there with rebounds because you had guys like Chamberlain averaging over 20 a game for their whole career. Mm -hmm. So he won't get into that. But he could break in, if you're looking at the numbers, he could break into being like a top 25 rebound number of all time. Mm -hmm. It's just a pretty darn amazing career. And like I say, I encourage people to look at the most consistent, well-rounded basketball player of all time when you look at his basketball reference. And when you look for those bold numbers, there's an interesting one in 2019-2020 he led the league in assists. I didn't even really know that. Yeah. Um, that one kind of snuck up on me. I knew that he had a year where he you know, was feeding the ball a lot more, but over 10 assists a game in that season and ended up uh, leading the league in that stat. So to be a, basically a small forward, a point forward, and also have that on your resume, unbelievable. So congrats to him on 40,000. I'm curious to see... You know, at this point, there won't be another, uh, another 10,000, yeah. Yeah. but there can easily be another two or three, you know, if he decides to stick around for a few more years. Yeah, I'm really, I, I'm really impressed by him, especially, you know, with his age. And I feel like with, you know, his explosiveness, you know, I, when he was younger, he used to do that consistently. But now you can still see he's got, especially in transition, when he goes for those driving layups. I mean, he's still very explosive, and he can definitely shoot. But like you said, with the consistency, it's definitely uh, – it's pretty – it's very impressive. But he, he knows what he needs to do, and he knows he's going to – 
play a lot of minutes, especially with this with this team. Um, but he's not he's not really he doesn't have the coaching like Michael a guy like Michael Jordan had with Phil Jackson. He really has and he really hasn't had a lot of like teammates like uh like great teammates like uh, Michael Jordan. So he's doing a nice job, not just uh not just you know. He's had he's had some uh, he's had some great teammates along the way, but I agree with you. He really hasn't yeah, had great right coaching. Now, I mean, he's won four titles with three different franchises. Uh, Frank Vogel in L.A. You had I think it was Ty Lue uh, was one of them in Cleveland. The best coach he's ever had that he won titles with is Spolstra. Yeah, Spolstra yeah. in Miami's a, a really good coach, mm-hmm. but he was young when LeBron was there. Spolstra was still kind of cutting his teeth in the league at that time. He wasn't as well respected of a coach as as he is right now. Where Phil Jackson, you know, uh, the, the Bulls coach during that time, he's considered, yeah. if if not, he's like top two NBA coach of all time. And he could put the Auerbach there, but he won 11 titles. He won five with, um, you know, with Shaq and Kobe, and then with Kobe and Gasol, and then six with Scotty and Michael. This dude's got 11 titles on his resume. I mean, yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty special coach. But in terms of players, it's it's different now, like, the teams are actually I, – I get into arguments with people about, so all the 90s, basketball in the 90s was so great. I'm like, look at the teams. The players weren't that good. Like, LeBron is playing against a Warriors team that's got KD, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, four Hall of Fame players on one team. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're looking back in the 90s, outside of the, the Showtime Lakers of the late 80s, you know, the, the Celtics teams, once you got into the Jordan's 90s, those other teams were not featuring multiple good players. They just weren't. I mean, the best version you had was like Drexler and Terry Porter or um, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. I mean, it was pretty weak. Carl Malone, John Stockton. Like, I feel like that, that's as good as it gets. Exactly. Like that's it. Stockton's. A couple players. And again, Scotty and Michael were far superior to any duo that you can put together. And a lot of times you were throwing in a solid third, like Dennis Rodman, who's also a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, their first run had Horace Grant in there. It was a really solid power. And a lot of role players. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And the game the game has changed a lot. But I just laugh when people act like the talent. Oh, the 90. I'm like, look back at the players like Reggie Miller and Rick Smiths. Look at their stats for their career. They were not what people seem to remember them as. Mm-hmm. So LeBron has really gone through. Even like when he – oh, he was he, – the East was easy. When he was young, he had to go through the Pistons in the East. Mm-hmm. Those Pistons teams were rock solid. They yeah. were good all the way around. Then he had to run past the Celtics, who, by the way, had three or four Hall of Famers on those Celtics teams. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and then Rajon Rondo may have a seat at the Hall someday. I mean, yeah. he's he couldn't shoot, man, but that dude was one of the best point guards that, that couldn't shoot yeah. of all time. So, you know, you look at those factors. LeBron has been through, like, so many different eras. It almost reminds reminds you of Brady, where Brady's, like, he had, like, three or four different careers almost. Uh-huh. When you play that long, you have all these different – I mean, LeBron is showing, like, he played with a lot of the guys that are coaching today. Yeah. You know, LeBron played with them when they were players. Yeah, I saw just unreal. this guy from the Rockets. He said – he said – um. I think he was like his his LeBron's first NBA game. He played against the guy's dad. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just crazy stuff like that. But we're gonna talk. Let's well, let's segue this into our top five guys right now in the NBA. I'll give you guys my list. You guys can kind of uh, come at me one way or the other. Agree, disagree. My number five coming at it backwards is uh, SGA, Shea from uh, Oklahoma City. This oh, dude... Like top five ever? Or... No, top five playing right now, currently. Oh, oh, oh. no, no, I'm not going that. That's that's going to require <laughs> Uncle Clint, Grandpa Koval, 
Uh, I probably have to bring in Godfather RV. We're gonna have to bring in Peppy. Everybody's. If we're talking top five NBA players of all time, we got to bring in the old dogs. We got to bring them in for that. Just top five current players. Again, I just mentioned that I don't. It's probably the first time in a long time that neither Steph, KD, or LeBron, in my opinion, are on this list. They're not in my top five. SGA is just the dude's over 30 a game. He's not your three-point shooter type. He's a smooth guard, and he gets it done without the three-point shot. He's special, and you got to watch out for this Oklahoma City team because that's a team with SGA and Chet. And who's the other young guy they brought up? Josh Giddy? Um no, there's an, there's another. I'm trying to think. Of, no, I'm trying to think of this other guy that they brought up. They just picked them up, and Uh-oh. they got a young team. They are young, man, and they are coming. My number four. What do you guys got? <laughs> number, hey, if I don't have NBA guys on the show, man, I don't know what you guys are gonna throw out. Just give me, all right, number four. I got Jason Tatum. Tatum from the Celtics. He is. People tend to lose it with Tatum. They don't realize that Tatum's like 25 years old. Yeah. Tatum. It feels like Tatum's like 30. It feels like Tatum's yeah, been in the league because he's seen him playing for so long. That's right, and he's been. He's came hey, in the league young. Yeah, I think he was one and done from Duke. I mean, so yeah, he's been around a long time. Don't have another meltdown on me. Last week, Caden had a major meltdown on the mic. Like we went to Caden on something. It's a, he'd been waiting to talk about Belly for two months. I pass him the mic, and he's like, ah, yeah, Belly's good. Uh, I'm, like, dude. I'm like, dude, come on. I, better, I set up the tee for you. I set the ball on the tee, and you're, you're blowing it, man. So number four, I got Tatum. Number three, and we saw this guy, Caden and I had the pleasure, I guess the pleasure, of watching this guy play Giannis. Giannis is my three. Giannis Giannis is like watching Giannis live because we were – we were center court, like maybe six rows back. So we had really good seats. And Giannis comes out, and you're just like, there's Giannis. Like when you just see him. Well, everybody looks can, big when they have pretty good I, seats. Even like Kobe Black, because it felt like I, surreal. Like, yeah, I mean, just the way he's so cut, and he's so – His brother. Like he's just he, – he's lean. He's like lean and cut, and he's huge. I mean, yeah. he's seven feet tall. He's just – and they're letting him bring the ball up. Like constantly, Giannis is bringing the ball up the floor – and you can't stop him. Like, they just can't. And then he hit a three. And you're going, if you, if Giannis is going to hit three-point shots, you just forget about him. Yeah, He's that's a, why you can really defend him if you just, like, if you say, all right, we're going to give you the three-point shot, but he can't drive. Because when he drives, he can basically do whatever he wants. Oh, yeah. it's a, if he runs into it, there was times I feel like he just ran into defenders and they call a foul. You can't defend him. It's absolutely. It's all, yeah, it's he dropped 40. He dropped yeah. 40. And I'm telling you, he must have had 11 dunks. I mean, he was dunking everything. Did you see that where, like, he was, like, go under the ring? He was, like... Oh, yeah. He, he he was phenomenal. It was fun to watch him live. Sadly, he was the reason that they took the Bulls out. We did have a chance because they have Bobby Portis, who missed almost every shot he took. But I will say this. I will say this. And, and it's a fact. I was giving Giannis junk about it during the game. Giannis, it takes him 11.3 seconds to shoot a free throw. It, it's a penalty. It's That's a, why he never misses it. It's a penalty after 10 seconds. Once he gets the ball, it's a penalty. It's It makes the game feel – if Giannis goes to the line a lot and you're watching the game live, you're like, this is adding Three minutes, minutes to the game. By the end of this, he's, he takes forever. He doesn't get it off in time. I was running the stopwatch on my phone. And I ran it on three different free throws just as a test, like separate, apart, different points of the game. It was 11.3 seconds every time. I'm sorry. And then the ref sits there as he's doing all these practice. He he does practice ones without the ball. So he has no ball. These don't count on the clock. And he takes two, like, practice, like, ghost shots without the ball. Then the ref finally gives him the ball. 
then it's 11.3 seconds after that. So that was driving me nuts. Well, I, mean, I think refs, every stadium should be doing the countdown. The refs are absolutely awful in that game. They I mean, were. They were. They, they were. Well, there was like multiple like fights, and they didn't even take control of the game. Like well, it was fun. It was close huge. to them. Like it was just absolutely. The refs were awful. Fooch got tossed because what was happening was the Bulls aren't getting calls on their end. So when the other guys would drive to the hole, the Bulls players just started taking their guys out because they weren't getting calls. Uh, the Bucks were playing extremely aggressive defensively, swiping at everything, swiping guys across I mean, the arms, you, no calls. The Bulls just didn't have luck. They didn't get any calls. And when you when Patrick Beverly gets hot, you know you don't really. Oh, my God. Pat Bev starts hitting shots. Like, Pat, got, Bev starts, Pat Bev starts hitting shots. You just go home. He did yeah, the two small to Sumu. I saw that. He yeah, he did small. the two. He's always talking trash. My number two, Embiid. Embiid's Joel Embiid from Phil. Well, People think a healthy Embiid, they, they put him ahead of my number one, and um, Embiid's awesome. When you see Embiid, when Embiid is healthy, he can shoot from the outside. He's got like an Olajuwon-type game in the mid-range where he can do those slick little turnarounds. Embiid is a phenomenal player. He won the, I think he, yeah, he won the MVP last year. Um, he's got it. I mean, he's, all he's got to do is, is get his team over the hump to really start getting the, the credit that he already deserves. You know, my, my whole yeah. thing on – I don't just give give, I see give guys during credit season, for titles. Yeah, during the season, at one point, Embiid had 41 points per game. You see, you see that stat, and you're just like, how is this guy real? Like, how is yeah. he doing it? <laughs> no, I mean, he can hit threes. He can dribble. I mean, even – he was averaging – when he went out, he was just below 36 a game. Mm-hmm. And he does it all. He also rebounds, block shots. You know, I mean, he – He's a very, like, individual player, though. I don't know, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That organization screwed him up big time. If they kept Jimmy Butler, if they would have kept Jimmy. You think one player is going to. First of all, Philly, the year that the the, um, Raptors beat Golden State in the finals, that was the Kawhi shot that went around the rim three times and went in. That was game seven against Philly. So Philly with Jimmy Butler. Can can yes, I think that that team could have been a championship team, and I think that he would still be there. And with all that whole Ben Simmons mess and all that, I'm picturing like Harden and Embiid and Butler would have been a yeah, really killer combo. Yeah, but also when you look at it, like the Nets, like three shooters can't really get like. Well, that never worked out because Kyrie's out. kind of Kyrie's kind of a wild. I'm just he's saying, a wild card. He's like right. the Antonio Brown of the NBA. <laughs> I always say you're right. I always say the only guy that could win with Kyrie's LeBron, like because you have to have that veteran presence have, that can you really have show three the good, way. Three really like good individual shooters. You need one of those, at least one of those that really be a good passer. Because when you have three individual guys, like they can't take turns taking shots. Like. I don't think there were enough balls for that Nets team. I agree. Like, I mean, you can only there's only one that goes out on the floor, and you got to use. It did seem like that. Well, Harden's a really good passer. He doesn't get enough credit for it. Yeah. Harden's ten plus assists a game. A lot of times, check out his career stats. Harden's a better passer than a lot of people give him credit for. But moving on to my number one, this guy happens to be the best passer in the game as I think well. I know who it is, and that's Nikola Jokic, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, he's I, amazing. I watched him last night, and you're going, how can somebody so slow? that can't jump over a Coke can if you set it up by him, is the best player in the NBA, which is a league that it seems to be dependent on athleticism and speed yeah. and power. And this guy has none of those things, and he is the best player in the league. He's not even close. In the offseason? He doesn't even care, he doesn't even he care doesn't, about basketball. He goes back to He's Syria. riding horses. Yeah, yeah, he, he wants to go back. He's in like a wagon or yeah. something. <laughs> he doesn't practice. He doesn't pick up a basketball for a whole summer, comes back and, like, 
Like, like two years ago, back to back MVP. I'm pretty sure for Jokic. Yeah, he's back to back, and he's yeah. going to win it again this yeah. year. And he, he's in the summer just riding horses, <laughs> doing whatever. He <laughs> literally doesn't care about like his own stats, even. Like he's just he's not a selfish player. So, and he's, he's like, so sp- nonchalant. I, I, about it. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like he takes like everything just so chill because like like even in the interviews, like the, even just the way he talks, if if it's the preseason and the NBA Finals, he takes everything the same way. When you look at his stat line at the end of games, you're just shaking your head. Last night, they took out the Lakers. This was LeBron's 40,000-point night, you know. He ends up with, like, 35 points, 16 rebounds, and 8 assists. And you're like, it's just so consistent throughout the game what he's doing. And then you look on the other side of it, and the Lakers run out of gas consistently against the Nuggets. That's what they do. They can play with them for three quarters, and then they run out of gas. And the part of that is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is supposed to be one of the best players in the game, and and he's putting up 17 against Jokic. That's the night AD needs to be like, I'm stepping up my game tonight. I'm bringing it tonight because I got the best player in the game in my house. We play the same position. I need to ramp up the energy, and I got to get this done here, and he doesn't get it done. And then you got, I'm sorry, you can't depend on a 39-year-old LeBron James to put up 40 points. I mean, he yeah. LeBron the other night single-handedly beat the Clippers. I mean, he was he just went nuts in the fourth quarter. That's not going to happen very often. Yeah. You just can't depend I, on that. I feel like the Lakers are going to like, like, I feel like they already are. They're ruining him, not because they're ruining him as in like a way like they're going to burn him out. Because yeah. he's he can't keep doing this forever, and like he, like he he said, like he would even take breaks, like he would sit out whole games because he wants to keep his longevity, because he wants to play with his son too, which is another reason you see him like maybe taking less minutes or like staying out games. But when he even is still playing, you see that constant drive, which is so crazy. Yeah, I think he's treat he's really trying to conserve a little bit now being that if Bronny is going to make it, Bronny may be looking at three seasons of college instead of I one. I thought he was in the mock draft Bronny does for not, next year. Bronny does not look like he's ready to be in the NBA right now. Bronny and said he doesn't care about draft value. He said he's more interested in about team team like team interest. So like I feel like that's pretty much saying whatever team wants him the most is where LeBron's going to end up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky like, situation but LeBron's sitting here you know, I love LeBron James, but he's sitting here one year saying, hey, I think Bronny is better than a lot of these cats out here talking about current NBA guys. And then this year he's at USC, which is a, not a very good college basketball team. He's barely – I don't even know if he's a starter on the team. He's scoring like five points a he's game. He's a freshman. He's just – dude, guys are one and done all the time. Are, are you kidding me? Guys, Kentucky – Got, most of those guys from Kentucky are one and done. They come to the league. I mean, he needed to be on that team at USC this year. He had to be like a 15-point-a-game scorer. He's not his, – his draft value right now is what Edwin just said. It's where – you know, where do you think you could – if you could get LeBron to opt out, then you could, well, you could draft this kid. Well, his also with LeBron's value because it's basically a two-for-one if they really want to play together. That's true. That, and I think that's the key. And I don't – that's kind of unforeseen in the NBA – a situation like this, it'll be curious to see how that plays out because right now he hasn't shown himself to be an NBA talent. Um, I think that he can get there. A lot of college kids can get there, but he's not like a one-and-done type player where he comes in, has immediate impact on a, on a college. And keep in mind, the kid had a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the kid had a heart attack, and I think that that had to be a major setback for his game. Mm-hmm. Basketball is very important to be getting a lot of reps, getting a lot of training, staying consistent. So in Bronny's defense, man, that's a major setback. 
And, you know, I'm, I think it's impressive just that he came back. He's playing hoop this year. Think about what happened to to uh, the, the Bills guy, Hamlin. The oh, same yeah. thing happened to Bronny. Bronny came back from it playing this season. It's impressive. But, like I said, his game has to show a major graduation next year to see if he can get drafted after his sophomore year. I also feel like the Lakers are doing like LeBron kind of dirty because I, I kind of feel like he would be – he can be playing like at least, I, I personally believe – Four years, if he was a system player, if he if he go so like team like the Knicks or the Seventy Sixers, you know, and he's not forced like he's going into games now where it's like a lot of pressures on me. He's got an opt out after this year, so I LeBron, heard he, I heard he's gonna sign a contract though. LeBron has an opt out; he could go somewhere else after this season. But like the we'll Lakers, see what happens. Know. The Warriors made a trade play at him. The Warriors had made a play at him for a trade at this uh, trading deadline, and, and LeBron wants to stay in but LA. Like the so. Lakers need to know like. They got to step, like, people got to step up, like, Roe you or whoever that guy is. Yeah, Rui. Yeah, like, that's your mermaid. He's a great player, Andy but he's Davis, on and Russell, off. They all got to step up because LeBron, especially in the playoffs, he's going to want to conserve his energy if the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. What I notice most is that, similar to the Bulls, the defense is not there. They don't have a, they can't shut, when you can't get a stop when you need one, you know, when you can't get a stop on defense, that changes the whole game. Especially with Lonzo Ball gone, I know he brought, like, a, like a real, like, Good like defensive game, but like I guess I seen him like on Instagram something about him. He still can't even sprint yet. Like it's it's yeah. just like it's not looking promising for us because like Lonzo was a really good defensive point guard, and it, it's not looking like he's gonna make a comeback. The like, Bulls injuries soon. have been absolutely terrible. The, Losing Levine, Patrick Williams, Torrey Craig, yeah. uh, Caruso's been out. Lonzo, I mean Caruso, he's been kind of like like one game out. The Bulls got damaged goods on that Lonzo deal. He was damaged when he came. Also, feel like they, they got a lot of good young players with Carter, Phillips, um, Bettine. Uh, Look at this. No, we got this guy we love. Um, I told these guys next to me he's my cousin. What was Bidum? Bidum. Bidum. No, it's Bettine. Is it? Yeah. I like we. I call him Bidum. Terry Taylor. <laughs> so, like, they got a good – they don't got a lot of guys who can really – He's diehard Bulls, man. This kid, this kid is diehard Bulls. He's yeah, they're they're a fun team. I just really, I, I just don't understand how you can beat the Cavs and then lose to the Pistons. Not a fun team to watch. I'm disagreeing with you there. It's, really <laughs> it's our a, city, it's man. They're not a fun team. Disappointing. To watch. I, I he's got he sucked me in. I'm not gonna lie. I watch him. I love I love Kobe White. I think that oh, Kobe, I think that Kobe is like he's an off. No, but I think he's like an off season away. Mm-hmm. From his game being one of the top guards in the East, man, I really think that he's getting he, the, his timings off. He gets into the lane and he just kind of sometimes passes when he should shoot. When he's got guys off balance, he doesn't finish. Like he's right there though. He's like a diamond, man. He's a when diamond. His three point shooting's not there. I mean, he's a whole God, he can play. get where he wants on the floor. He, he just doesn't. He have drives to and kicks out, and the Bulls are terrible at three points. That's where like, his game's going to change. Kobe, a little floater. Kobe White is adjusting from being a six man, like he's been for the past like two few years. Now he's finally adjusting, and getting like real minutes, real playing yeah, time. It's really impressive how he turned into a guy who who's. Off coming off the bench, averaging six points. So I mean, it's a big adjustment, like you said, like scoring six points, and now like when it's the big moments, three minutes left, down by five, to really having the ball. But I feel like he's better with DeRozan's with the ball, and he's moving without without the ball and finding open shot, catch and shoot, or drive. 
Well, I think he's. I think he's gonna be most improved player this year. I think he's gonna win that. In if the NBA. SGA doesn't win the MVP, I think SGA is probably gonna. I don't know, man. SGA was good last year. I mean, mm-hmm. I like Kobe for that award, and I like him to have a, an All Star season next year. I really do. He's got some things he's got to work on, but he's right on the cusp, and he's by far their most fun player to watch. But he he still is a little too inconsistent. All right, let's move on. All right, I know I got a couple of football guys here. You guys played at, at high school and whatnot. Yeah. So let's jump into some news that's coming out of the NFL Combine. First and foremost, you had the fastest 40 run uh, oh, yeah. the other day. So you had a kid, I think it was four two one, wide receiver out of Texas, Xavier Worthy. This kid's 5'11", 165. I saw he was like the 10th wide receiver on somebody's draft board, one of the big yeah. you know, mm-hmm. top uh, scout guys. And... The reason I wanted to bring him up is because I feel like the small wideouts are on the upswing in the league. I mean, I'm talking about Devonta Smith. He's a small dude. I'm talking about the Tank Dells. Mm-hmm. Now you got this guy coming up. You got what's happened is, in my opinion, is as the game has gotten a little bit. I don't want to use the wrong word, but I would use the word softer. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not allowed to make some the of these kids. You know, the, the protected yeah. wide receivers over the middle. Mm-hmm. The league makes it. The league wants it this way. Yeah. You're starting to see Fines. when the yeah you know, when the league is not as physical as it used to be. These types of players can now survive in the league where there was a run where you had to be the size of Terrell Owens yeah. to take shots over the middle. Where now guys can do it like. When I watch Puka Nakua, I just shake my head because I'm like, that dude's an old-school wide receiver. Yeah. That dude will take a hit, and he will go through it. He's amazing. But you don't have to be that way anymore. And, like, I just named three guys. Um, and it, even looking at some of the other guys, like Jamar Chase is not a big guy. He's, like, six foot. He's, he's kind of thick, but he's not, like, a well, big I mean, tall. take Got injured. Jamar Chase has gotten injured. You know. I know they've gotten injured, but a lot of this stuff is not getting injured from getting hit. And and Jefferson's also a small dude. He's considered one of the best wideouts in the league. When I think of like big, like that reminds me of old wide receivers. I think of C.D. Lamb. Like he's he's like he's physical. He can run fast. He can catch the ball. He can do anything. And I feel like like the Cowboys can just never get over the hump with such talent. It's I just, think. Well, you look at the Cowboys. I think also has been Dak's fault too. Yeah, he reminds me of Des Bryant in a way. Yeah, well, they've had they've had some big wide receivers. Also, over there. the Packers game, CD Lamb was he's supposed to be a big play guy, not not just a big play, but when they need him and he when they need a big play, especially in the Packers game, where it just kind of seemed like the Packers were in momentum the whole game. You kind of especially as a Cowboys fan, I'm not when you're looking at a Cowboys fan like. You need a big play for not just for the Cowboys, but for confidence. And he didn't. He didn't get it. I think the league's changing in a lot of spots. I mean, this looking at this kid running this. You know, he's, he's 165 pounds. That's a small dude yeah. for the NFL. I mean, that is a small dude, and he can survive. Tank Dell was 165. Tank Dell got hurt, but Tank Dell was having a phenomenal you season. You really think he's having a great year if he goes to a team like the Bears? You could say that about anybody. You could say that about you could say that about anybody. I'm just though. saying. I'm just. It's like, oh, this guy's not going to be good if he don't have a quarterback. But like, I'm just. What wide receiver is going to be good without a, a QB? He's a system player with a good QB. He's going to be good. But I well, say, first, you can't call Tank Dell a system player. He's a rookie in a brand new system. <laughs> <laughs> They're all system players in a way. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't like, like you taking credit away from a little dude. You're a little dude. You should be giving credit to the little guys that come up and are able to hold their own in a league. Route running, 
speed, ability. He Tank also, Dell, Steve Smith said it flat out that Tank Dell's one of the best route runners. Sure enough, he comes in the league and he starts getting it done. And who's throwing the, him the ball? C.J. Stroud, exactly. a, a rookie. I mean, you're not talking about yeah, Patrick Mahomes here. Quarterback a good, in the league, good, probably maybe top five. Oh, Stroud's phenomenal, but I'm saying you can't take stuff. You can't take that away from Tank Dell. I mean, the guy's yeah. a rookie and he's 165 pounds and he comes into the league and he had a great rookie season. And I'm saying Devonta Smith is a small dude. He's rock solid. And again, route running, quickness, speed out of the breaks. Because the game's not as physical, you're not getting taken off your routes as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see this continuing. I see this smaller wide receiver well, trend. When you look at the continuing. guy who was, um, who before, Justin Ross, he, I think, yeah, that's John Ross. John Ross, yeah. He was a bust. And he was supposed to be one of the top wide receivers. But, yeah, he was the 4 2 2. He was the guy that he, had the He was a bust. They didn't really. He was never scouted for how good he was at wide receivers, more because of how fast he was. Yeah. Xavier Worthy, he was a really a big competitor on the really good Texas team. Yeah, right. Yeah, if he's if he's can run routes and he's mm-hmm. scouted, like you see a time like that can shoot the dude up somebody's mm-hmm. draft board, and somebody may take a shot at him a little bit mm-hmm. earlier than they might have prior to that. But again, I I kind of carried this conversation over to. Some of the other positions. When you look at the old traditional pocket quarterbacks, mm-hmm. these dudes were monsters. Yeah, Manning, Brady. The look at the physicals on uh, Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Even a guy like Lawrence. That's why no one could stop talking about Lawrence. Look at the size of this guy. He's mm-hmm. coming. He's big. He's strong. Mm-hmm. But the game has changed to this like more athletic quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. These guys aren't small, like but they're not Richardson. those. Yeah. These, dude, well that guy's that guy's yeah. a physical beast. Oh. But even like a Mahomes type, he's not like a huge guy. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Allen's huge. But what's the aspect of his game is running. I mean, there's like this. The quarterback position has changed, and it's not as based on this traditional 6'3", 6'4", kid. Mm -hmm. It's now based on athleticism. Can he get out of the pocket? Can he throw from different arm angles? Can he do these types of things? And then that same conversation then transfers over to the running back spot Mm -hmm. at the same time. When you think about the running backs, you don't have a lot of your traditional three-down backs anymore. You have your, who are your most valuable backs in the league? Your McCaffrey types, Mm -hmm. dudes that are going to catch 80 balls a year. You know, and also have a big role, as basically as a wide receiver, essentially. As a, and now you're seeing the value of running backs completely diluted from those traditional Derrick Henry types mm-hmm. who get it done every year, but they can't be the key guy on a winning team. Mm-hmm. You look at Henry. Look at his year. I yeah. mean, how, that those are not Super Bowl winning teams. Yeah. Now the running back position has been completely devalued. Essentially, yeah. when you really look at it, these guys, don't even want, they don't even want to franchise the backs right now they, because that's too expensive. They don't want to franchise. At the start of the year, you see all yeah. them protesting against. They're getting underpaid, especially dudes like Jonathan Taylor. Yep. like sitting out for a few games because he's not. He doesn't want to. He just doesn't even want to play for them because he feels like they're not using him the way he wants to be used, and he just doesn't feel respected on the team that he's on. I feel like a lot of running backs feel that way. They don't. They don't feel respected at all. And and they're right, but the problem is is that the stock of backs is so deep, mm-hmm. and teams are consistently proving that they can put together a couple of backs and they can get it done. You see, I mean, Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl with Pacheco. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's not bad, but I mean, he's not a top ten back in the league. Yeah, no. And you know, everybody's looking at what are the Super Bowl winning teams doing? And it wasn't one of those. Yeah. You know, running back wasn't a key priority for them. So he was a good add-on, though. I mean, he was a oh, oh, I like the guy, but I'm just saying, like, when you're looking at, and then you look at the team that was in the Super Bowl, 
CMC, obviously an amazing player, the key guy on that team, but it's because of the type of running back that he is and that he's going to catch you 80 to 100 balls yeah. a year on top of being a, you know, a consistent running back as well. But I just think that like there's on the offensive side of the ball, it's going towards this a little bit, which is weird to say because everything gets bigger, stronger, faster, where you're starting to see a little bit of a trend towards more athleticism, yeah. more quickness because yeah, the game's changing. I see you that know? in D-line, too. You're starting to see a real, oh, yeah. real skinny, like, like edges, just way, just way faster off the ball. They're not, they're not able to, like, maybe give up a good fight against, ta- like, offensive tackles. They know how to get around them, how to use their athleticism to, like, use juke moves or just confuse them, mess up their hand position. And I saw that a lot, too. I seen way skinnier right. defensive edges, just fast, like, got off the ball quicker than me. And you see in the NFL, like, K- Kayvon Thibodeau, like he's he's big. Don't get me wrong, but he's a bit on the skinnier side, especially for right. D line. Like just insanely fast and athletic. Just so somebody believes us that Fagan was actually on the pod tonight, we're gonna have to give. <laughs> we're gonna have to toss him. We're gonna we're gonna toss him a lob pitch right now. We gotta get we gotta get some words out of Fagan on the pod here. Let me let me give him something because I don't want you going back to school and the and the buddies being like, "Hey, you said you're on the pod. I didn't even hear you, man. I, didn't even hear you. I just don't know basketball. I don't know basketball. No, no. But now we're on to the NFL. All right. Here, I'm gonna give you something easy. The Bears and Fields, all right? We talk about it every time. A lot of times we close the show with it. What are your thoughts? Should the Bears go get Caleb Williams? What do the Bears need to do? Give me your opinion on it. I think the the Bears should go for Caleb. What else you got? Keep coming. Keep coming. We got Edwin shaking his head. I want to hear. What else? Yeah, Edwin shaking his head. I'll be honest. I've been very public with this. I agree with you. I I think think he's going to be good. I do too. I think think he's – but I heard Caden uh, said that in the last podcast. He said, Kaden uh, said three years and out. Three, yeah, three years, years out. Be in the but I, think, I disagree. He won't finish his rookie contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think he'll be a backup QB after. I get Trubisky. I don't, no, yeah. Trubisky. I mean, this guy, Trubisky. this guy. And also, you know what? People are starting to change their tune on him. He's hanging around the combine. He's got a good personality. Yeah. He's, the, the thing, he's getting a bad rep over time here. His, his dad is kind of getting in the mix. It's reminding me of uh, the ball. Remember Lonzo Ball's dad? Yeah. Was, you know, dads need, to, dads need to stay out of this yeah. stuff. And they need to let their kids ball out. I, let them play. I feel like you shouldn't judge him just because he's a good guy. Like, I seem like... NFL post, no, but that's not what you're he, missing, how he, dude. How he's hugging the staff. But they were worried that they were worried that that's what was missing. Everybody knows he already got the game. Yeah, they were worried that like that's why you're hearing more about that Edwin is because the concern was that he he was a little bit of a an outlier in terms of his personality and you know he cried. Well, you really think he doesn't know stuff. that and he's, he's trying to do that. So like, why is he, dude? He's he's number one. He's number one. What's yeah. he got to do? What's he? He doesn't have to be there showing some some different way about he himself. He also didn't throw in the combine. Very common. Very common Very for the common. top he's dog. He's the only quarterback that didn't do it. The top dog don't think he needs to go and bark, man. He's like, that's what it is. He's not the top dog, dog. Yes, he is. He's going one. Is it, where, where's he going to go? What pick's not, he going to go? Hopefully not Chicago. <laughs> All right, Edwin. You Jaden Daniels You're coming be, down on Caleb. Jaden Daniels will be better than Caleb Williams. That's that's certainly possible. C.J. Stroud is better than Bryce Young, so I mean, it's certainly possible. But Edwin, what, what do you think about it? I mean, you don't like. What do you? Are you more on the keep Fields side, or you draft somebody else? I feel we can either keep Fields or trade him, or trade him for like a lower draft pick and try to maybe draft a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix. You see guys like that; they're not 
they're not like emotional like Caleb Williams like cries yeah. his mom does paint his nails Jesus, this they're, they're really like old fashioned <laughs> nails like, like Ma- Ma- Michael Penix has a cannon he had a, a lot of I keep worrying when he says Peter. Michael Penix, it is. But every time he says it, I'm just worried. No. He's getting very close. You see Michael, you see Michael Penix with, with absolute cannon throwing to Roma Dunsey, which is who is another like possible draft option for the Bears. Stud. If, you, if you draft Roma Dunsey and Penix, that could be a really great combo. They already have the, the chemistry. And we see in the national championship, it wasn't more of um, Penix's fault. As to why they lost, it was more of a, a lot of pressure. Like, like, always he was always under pressure. The defense yeah. was really slacking, and then you see like I also really like Bo Nix for the Bears too. Not biased because I'm an Oregon fan. Oh my God, Uncle no, Clint would be Uncle Clint biased. would be giving him a oh, hug right now. Uncle Clint can't shut up about Bo Nix. Bo Nix, he's he can throw it. Also had a lot of great weapons. I think you had. Bucky Irving, uh, running back out of Oregon. I think he was a really elusive back, too, catching passes. You had um, Troy Franklin, who's throwing it, too. I, I, I think he committed for the draft. I don't know. But just a really reliable passer. He could run it. But I like I want more of a, po- a pocket presence QB and something more. I've seen Caleb Williams' games. He can't read a defense or, or, or an offense. Like I got some bad news for you, dude. What? Really bad news. Bears are taking Caleb Williams no, one. It's like a foregone conclusion at this point. That's why I, well, I allowed it. Wanna, the Bears don't want to make another like bad mistake. I allowed it like, to come back up. Even if they pick Williams, he's a mistake. It, it won't be all the blame on Ryan Poles. Yeah, they they are taking him number one. The interesting thing right now is what's going on with Fields because with the free agent uh, quarterback market, the way that it's going, what's happening is is they can't they can't move Fields right now, and it would have been ideal for them to move him. Before free agency, they got to move him before the draft so that they can get draft capital for him. But right now, you got teams like Atlanta thinking maybe they're going to make a play at Kirk Cousins or they're going to make a play at Baker Mayfield. So, with teams that would really be a fit for Fields, like the Falcons, like the Steelers, these are all teams that are going to enter that free agency market for the the players that are coming out. You know, coming out from that area. So that's mainly well, Mayfield also, and Cousins. Yeah, I also feel so like... So that's if, changing the game for the Bears. If the Bears, like, if... I think other teams want to trade... Want Justin Fields like the Steelers, Falcons. I feel like they want Justin Fields now because if they get him, they can build... They can start now getting pieces instead of, oh, maybe they change their decision. We can maybe instead of that, we can get a wide receiver or something. Somebody needs to tell me this because I, I was a little bit confused when a rumor came out. This was a Colin Cowherd deal where he said he heard from Caleb Williams' camp yeah, that he didn't want to be a, a bear. And no, then, was, and then Caleb, and then no, no it was. And then Caleb Williams came back, and yeah. then Cowherd said, "Yeah, that wasn't true." But but here's why I bring that up. I don't care if he said it or not. But the point being is that the Bears are actually in a unique circumstance where they got that one pick from another team, right? Mm-hmm. The Bears actually for a team picking number one, have a very good team. Mm-hmm. Normally, the team picking number and one is trash. Like and so I think it's a really good opportunity, and I think that a, guy, a kid like Caleb Williams should feel blessed that he's coming into the league not on a team like Bryce Young is on, not a team that got rid of CMC and got rid of DJ Moore and cleaned house. Mm-hmm. He's coming to a team that's got a really good defense. They got tons of draft capital. They got one, you know they got a good tight end. They got a good wide receiver. They can plug money. holes. They can yeah, fill in money. running back. They got a lot, and you're going to see them add more. Caleb Williams with the Bears 
is actually coming into a very good situation, which is very rare. I know you're shaking your head. Yeah. You're shaking your head because you don't like Caleb Williams. What I'm saying is, is the number one pick, normally the team stinks. And then you have to deal with that. And Bryce Young is dealing with it right now. Guys like Peyton Manning dealt with it. Trevor Lawrence dealt with it the first year with the Jaguars. I mean, where your first few seasons are like on a rebuilt team where you're trying to scrap it together and you're taking hits and you're getting sacked a lot. You're trying to figure things out. Williams is going to have a chance to show out pretty early with the Bears because they're not a bad team. And that's what I'm most looking forward to. Like, I don't think as a rookie he's going to be, like, dominant in any way. But I think he's going to have an opportunity to show what he's got pretty early within his first also couple of years. Also with the Bears, when you got DJ Moore, and I think they're going to draft a wide receiver with knockback. You don't really need to be great because they got weapons and they can get open. Especially when, if they add another wide receiver, you can see more man-to-man coverage. They will. They will add another wide out. Um, they're probably like the going to make a change. LSU. I'm not sure what his name is. Malik Neighbors? Yeah, yeah, I like him. I don't know if he'll go to number nine, though. He's really good. I just feel like the Bears... You're they, a Williams they, hater, they dude. Have, no, You're a Williams hater. That's all it is. He's been injured, and the games he's played, he's been really good, and there's some games where, you know, maybe... Against good defense. This guy, talk, this guy just talked about Caleb Williams reading defense. Justin okay. Fields cannot read a no, defense. Justin little, Fields has never thrown a guy he's, open. He's under constant pressure. He's had three full seasons. He has never they, thrown a guy open. They don't have the good O-line. They have... Absolutely no, brandy. when you have a quarterback that runs around in circles back there and never gets rid of the football, like you're going to get sacked. We, draft, we trade line. down. We draft Joe Alt. <laughs> Joe Alt's an offensive. Listen, yeah. of course, you, go off, you bring an offensive then, lineman. You Joe you bring Alt, an off- the greatest, one of the greatest offensive tackle prospects. In the, like, this is what happens when you bring an old lineman to the pod, Caden. You you i got to start vetting these guys take, better. You take Malik Neighbors or Roman Donzi. <laughs> Dude, here's I agree with Fagan. I agree with Fagan here. Fields, he's been he's been the starter for three years. Yeah, he's I mean, he's just he has he's, he's had a lot of opportunities. He's, he's he missed half the season like two years ago. Like, That's half a season. He's played like one full the, season. He's had a lot of opportunities. Fields, and the reason why Fields was out for like a lot of um the, well, three games was because he made a stupid decision. He threw the ball out of bounds, and like when he threw it, he like. Dislocated his finger because he landed on. Or there's the chance of throwing it to Darnell Mooney, who can't catch. To what save is life. Hey, the the guy that won the Super Bowl this year had a lot of guys that couldn't catch. That's what you yeah. want on your team. If you got a shot to get anybody like that guy, anybody whose game can be anything like that guy's, that's the guy you well, want. Well, they didn't even play Kadarius Tony that that because he can't catch. He had plenty he, of other guys he, that he, didn't catch. He said he's the best wide receiver. He's he have a chance. He said he's the best wide receiver in the league if he gets the ball. Patrick Mahomes' best wide receiver this year was a rookie, Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice. And if, if you're Justin Fields, your only option is trash or even worse trash. Like I don't know. <laughs> they had DJ Moore, Cole Komet. The running game was decent. I mean, they you know, and he he is the best running quarterback in the league right now. Justin Fields is. He's better than Lamar because Lamar's done taking hits. But what's going to happen with Fields is. Fields is going to be done taking hits too. He said it on the St. Brown Brothers podcast where he's like, I don't think I want to take as many hits. You know, he's already talking about that. I'm sorry. If if Fields takes that element away from his game, then he's really going to go down. Because his the, well, the passing part of no his – the, I understand what you're saying, but the passing element of his game has not improved enough, and that's why he's, he's leaving Chicago. That's why he's going to be gone because it's not about his running – we all know the guy's one of the best athletes in the league. We can see he's the best running quarterback, one or one A between him and Lamar. Obviously, he's right there in those from that perspective. But again, when you're not graduating year to year as a passer, 
that's when you're done. And that's why they have to move on from them because you have to show that you can start reading defenses, that you can start throwing guys before they get out of their break. Before You know, you have to start showing those things. And if you don't show them, you're gone. And, again, do you want to be a fan of a team that shoots to try to make the playoffs or that shoots to try to win a Super Bowl? Because the Caleb Williams pick – is a shot at the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to get it. I don't know how Williams is going to pan out. I'm a fan out. of a team that keeps Justin Fields. Yeah, you're a fan of a team that might make the playoffs. I want a team that's going to make a push for a Super Bowl, and that's the team that picks Caleb Williams. I want a team that makes the right choice. Exactly. Yeah. That's how Caleb how Williams. Right Caleb Williams. How that is Caleb choice? Williams. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And you guys are going to get proven wrong. And it Ryan may not Poles. Be... Ryan Poles is known for picking good QBs. He picked, he, I think, I think I heard... They like he did. Wait, wait, wait. So, no, so he, he, what are you saying? Because yeah, he's he's no, no he's he, known he was, for it. He's going to he take Caleb Williams. He picked Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Now, if I could get Fagan to say a few more words here, he'd have my back on this. He's with me. This Williams thing is a shot. It's look, it's a shot you have to take. It's not yeah. a guarantee, but it's it's well, a chance from, that you have to take. Was I'm not for field. Shot you take that has cross. I'm not for fields, but when you got Ryan Poles as your offensive coordinator, I don't think anyone can do good. That guy absolutely sucked. Listen, <laughs> you got. We've seen Fields. Yeah, we yeah we we've seen what he's got to offer. He hasn't been bad by any stretch, but he's gonna been great, he's gonna be average. Look, go ahead and look at those numbers you were talking about. How often that he got sacked and the O line and all that. You'll see a lot of three sacks for thirty eight yards, four sacks for twenty five yards. All right, that's not just dropping back, no time getting hammered. That's a lot of running around and then losing 13 yards going the wrong direction. Those are losing plays. Those are drive-killing plays, and he had way too many of them. Watch the season. Watch how many drives he would kill by getting sacked deep on drives. Yeah, but then he gets I'm a, telling you. He gets away with that was one of a million times. I think it shows he's got, he's got heart and he's willing to let the play develop into something bigger. No, it's because he doesn't see it, dude. It's because he doesn't see the play. <laughs> how many times do you see as a Bears fan, how many times he's leaving guys wide open down the field and not hitting them? That's what you're missing, dude. And, he's, and when he hits them, they don't catch it. So. You know, yeah, but what? he doesn't hit he them consistently that. enough. He did That's a couple times. There was a couple times guys dropped balls for sure. The Cleveland game was definitely... 100%. That was on that player. I mean, when it's... When it's um when it's raining and snowing out, you're playing with the best, but one of the best defenses in the league, and you, you two balls that were dropped, and if he ca- if th- those two people catches um his their um make makes those plays, his stat line is not as bad with the Tanyan drop and then the Darnell Mooney drop. His stats are actually pretty good, and they win that game. This is consistent for the sports life. Just so you guys know, if you guys been tuning into the pod, is that all roads. Lead back to the Justin Fields, Caleb Williams conversation. This is where we're going to end it tonight. Fagan, Edwin, Caden, appreciate you guys coming on. Remember to like us, follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you guys get your pods. We appreciate everybody listening. Have a great night.